0: This is One Heat Minute.
1: Drop of a hat, these guys will rock and roll. What's your name? Wayne Grove. Look like gang bangers, working the local 7-Eleven here.
0: Robbery, homicides, take it. Give me all you got! This is... In- Give me all you got! I do what I do best. I take scores. You do what you do best. I'm trying to stop guys like me. A podcast dedicated to all 170 minutes of Michael Mann's LA Crime Opus Heat, 1 minute at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to One Heat Minute. I'm your host, Blake Howard, and joining me today, it's very apt. You guys know listening, um, but uh, that sometimes we record these episodes out of order, but today, right now, uh, the guest that's joining me on the line is been 10 years with SBS and SBS movies, has basically only a couple of days ago the top 10 in the Australian iTunes top 10 episodes of podcasts for her podcast eyes on gillied um this is someone i've been nagging when one heat minute was just like a gestating idea um to come and join me on this crazy premise her name is fiona williams fiona williams thank you so much for being a part of one heat minute finally hi
1: blake thank you so much for having me on um yes sorry it's taken so
0: long yeah, you're busy. you, you know oh, you cool. don't these top 10 podcasts don't, don't record themselves. Um, so look, I have to make a confession. So if owner is a movie movie and TV aficionado, obviously being an editor of SBS movies and TV and all that other stuff, um, I have not watched a lick of the Handmaid's Tale. I've, ne- I've never watched an episode, and I have to admit I'm just going to come out there and confess to you, and it's not that I do it with any like degree of like, oh, I'm not watching this. I just genuinely missed it. And I thought I'm going to binge it. And then, and then, then the second series is coming like, oh, maybe I'll just wait. I'll binge two series. And now that's where we are. And so, but, but from what I've only heard, it's, it's already a harrowing experience enough, a season, let alone an episode at a time, two series. And I might, I might, you know, I might feel even worse than just reading my Twitter timeline every day if I was going to do that.
1: Yeah right. Yeah, you're setting yourself a challenge if you want to binge two series of The Handmaid's (laughs) Tale in a weekend. (laughs) Maybe stick to rewatching Heat, however many times you've watched it. Yes, I
0: think yeah, I think that's probably where it's going to happen, right? Yeah, you end up doing that. But no, I I genuinely um, congratulations on the success of the show. Obviously, you're you're hosting the SBS Playlist Pod as well, um, but uh, uh, you know that's your regular gig with Nick himself. um, And and we met for the first time in person face to face on the wonderful Batman land podcast, which still endures Dan, Dan Barrett kicking that along with yourself. And, uh, and you're really slogging through the third series now, which, which the quality has severely diminished since early episodes, which I was lucky enough to be on an early episode of the show in the first season. So mm. there's so much, uh, classic Batman, not much to go actually. <laughs> yeah. We're
1: in the home stretch. I think with that one now, happily.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, the what? production values have taken a plummet as, oh, as,
0: God. as the show has For folks who are fans of the '60s Batman show, like the 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 first series and even the second series, to a certain degree had like big budget movie budget almost like Mm. the highest possible television budget you could hope for bill dozier and co who created the show and then the third season just jumps off a cliff like someone just went why are we writing these checks for this show and cinch the belts um so every you know the um the conceptual sort of uh uh, verve of all of the show creators didn't go away didn't diminish Mm. but the money did um and so you know you've got nothing to be able to create anything that looks good on the screen.
1: Yeah, and they've given up the double episodes.
0: <laughs> yes, no more double yeah, episodes. One done. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All righty. Well, look, we are um we're at the 66th minute 66th minute of Heat. Uh Michael Mann's 1995 crime opus. Uh we are uh, if you're playing along at home, we're not Exactly queued up um, to the new Heat Definitive Edition. We're actually still on the Blu-ray theatrical cut, and I'll be specific with Blu-ray because lots of folks, um, um, uh, for some reason there has been some tinkering with Heat being edited, so sometimes it's not quite queued up. But the 66-minute, which should read one hour, five minutes, on your time code as we speak, is in the middle um, of a really phenomenal conversation between Kim Staunton's character Lillian and Dennis Haysbert's Donald Breeden, and it's after an amazing line. It's like it's it's a line that Dennis Haysbert like crams into like half a second. He's just like there's not there's not a hard time that has been invented that I cannot handle. And he like says this, spits out this line, and bang, that's the closure of the previous minute. And they're in this really deep, meaningful conversation. Um, and then uh, the, the minute that we're going to watch, we're going to lead you into the sort of closure of that conversation, um, and then. A a stark contrast in almost every way possible of another relationship, um, which is Neil and Edie. One of them, I think, and we'll get to talk about it with Fiona, extremely authentic and, you know, uh, supportive and just has, has seen sunny times and seen hard times. And then another relationship, which feels like a holiday, feels like they're both on a a bit of a fantasy land. Fiona, what do you you think?
1: Absolutely, yeah. One's running off to New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, a couple have done a lot of living and then a couple that barely know each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to watch this minute together now. You guys can have a listen along and then Fiona and I are going to come back and unpack it and then we're going to talk about just heat in general as we do. So have a listen. That I cannot handle.
1: you hanging with me for a because I'm proud
0: of you. <laughs> That's it. You're proud of me. ski that's what people do there you go skiing and you um you meet people and you try to have a good time did you have a good time no why not i'm not good at meeting people has she ever said a more right thing edie i'm not good at meeting people fiona what a minute i love that minute so much that's the first time i've picked up don breeden calling lillian lil lil Like he uses that as like an abbreviation uh, of her name. So good. So much to unpack here. Mm -hmm. So we've got this amazing conversation we're in the middle of. We've seen Don Breeden. He's kind of, he kind of encapsulates the really frustration, uh, the really frustrating sort of terrible um, tragedy, of like the American penal system, where you come out of prison and you're trying to, you you paid your your debt to society, so to speak. And you come out and be exploited. And it's sort of in this moment where, like, he's now looking for an out. He's looking for an excuse to get back to the life. And this beautiful performance by Kim Stanton is like, she doesn't want him to do that. She's not going to let him.
1: Yeah. She kind of knows. (laughs) Yeah.
0: She's so knowing here. And she's having to talk him off a ledge. And it's so much is about what she doesn't say when he wants to go to her into stuff, and that's what I think uh, strikes me every time I've watched this minute now is when he's like, what are you proud of me for? She just won't answer it. Let's go home. Like, let's, yeah. let's not fight anymore. Let's not fight yeah, don't anymore.
1: Don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. She's come in with the wet face and, yeah, um, met the boss, the, the terrible boss that is – you know scoving money off his his wage um yeah she's just trying to say hang in there hang in there don't don't go back
0: yeah you i mean you look you're an editor and have been around for you know a writer and an editor for 10 years how many times have you had to talk people down you've had this conversation (laughs) before fiona i was thinking about it earlier today. i was like this is she's had to have talked some people down what are you what am i doing (laughs) it's okay all right just give me the piece i'll have a look at it and
1: yeah, Get it's going be alright, we'll give it a good sub we'll I mean, it <laughs> su- it's much the same, much the same, as the
0: same <laughs> It's uncanny It's okay. yeah and, and what's so funny is uh, the, the show, as folks who, who listen along um, uh, Knows Sometimes minutes perfectly cut off um, Where it sort of almost wraps up a scene It's like it was done by some kind of Obsessive, compulsive Part of Michael Mann's personality and design mm-hmm. To go, this scene is going to cut off at exactly this second <laughs> Um but I love this minute particularly because it it closes a really powerful scene that's of a you know, a, a really important thread, but not you know, you could feel like that whole storyline would go on unless a lesser film would have gone on the cutting room floor. And yeah. um it comes into this this sequence and it's it's this it's this version of Neil and Edie. Um, I know Michael Mann has talked about it and they've talked about it in the 20th anniversary editions and folks who are obsessed know like he's got a very romantic outlook for both characters. He's like, she loves him and he wants, he wants to think that he can be this guy who can have this life. But it's this scene that I'm like, they have, it's so, it feels like when it's directly contrasted with a real authentic relationship that's seen tough times and like, it's, you know, people reading one another with the, with the, um, I don't know, with like the perceptiveness of going, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to goad them in to like Mm. talking about a ski trip where you can't ski just seems like, ugh, this is so blah. So (laughs) he knows this is wrong. He knows this is a bad idea. She should know it's a bad idea too. Mm.
1: And it's it's interesting that both of these scenes come off the back of um, Vincent and Justine having that argument about him not sharing. Yes. And um, then we get these two scenes back to back of, you know, a te- well, trying to, sh- well, certainly an authentic um, sharing between a husband and wife who's been through the ringer. Yes. Um, and then this one, it's kind of a, well, this is their second date really, isn't it? Um, yes. Eddie and Neil. Yeah, this is the second time they've seen each other. Um, so they don't they don't know each other and mm. they're, they're just trying, they're still flirting and, and pretending that they're going to have this amazing life and run off somewhere that, you know, it's kismet that they've met in the diner and, you um, yeah, it's interesting that, the, you know, these are attempts at sharing when we've had just come off the bat, really authentic one.
0: Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> there is such, you know, the, the, this middle corridor of these, like, four encounters with a man and a woman in this movie. You know, firstly, the really grotesque and disgusting one with Wayne Grow. I think you might even count it as five. You can probably count it as five with Pacino and then um, Rachel, the CSI, who are sharing, like, work sharing oh, yeah. with one another i'd never thought about that until now that's a new discovery right There's five actual conversations that happen here the work husband and wife and then go mm-hmm. home to the um, um uh, the the real husband and wife at home but you're right i love each of them complement and do are almost like fulfilling a gap that the other conversations don't explore mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think you're so spot on fiona with that one around you know They've just finished arguing about not sharing anything. And then these two have got everything up their sleeves. And I wanted to talk just a little bit about Neil. I saw this amazing tweet. I'm just scrolling through my Twitter the other day. Um, some Someone who is clearly a Heat fan um, just screen-capped, uh, screen-capped the lovely Amy Brenneman peering over looking... Um, looking over at uh, De Niro's book on medals when they're in the cafe um, and oh, yeah. actually said that feeling when he got a book about medals um, uh, as in sort of flirtatiously going to ask a question to someone who looks dangerous and I just think it's perfect. So at Slayer of Sis, um, you're amazing because I love the tweet and um, 105 retweets will tell me that there are other freaks out there who will even listen to this podcast who love that tweet to death as well. But it's like he's so hostile when it comes to here. So now seeing him in that very relaxed You know, even just visually, Um, when you look at, you look at De Niro here, no, no gray jacket uh, that Mm. he's worn for the entire movie. Yeah, right. Um, Just really, it's, it's much more open. Everything about him being closed off and now it's all, it's almost like sunshine. You know, they've got this luminescent city there. He's talking to her, flashing back and forward. There he is. And yeah. me- a- messy Amy Brenneman's hair right there. Everything's relaxed in this.
1: That's right. It's all cl- you know. Mid shots. We're not looking through, looking out over L.A. and anything here. It's not the big panoramic shots. It's no. you know talking and sharing. You know.
0: Yeah, we're sharing. Yeah, it's our Second it's date. Sharing. I tried to ski once. What did you do there? I did. You know, went to university. Da 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 da. Mm. Um. You, you're a film critic. Has Heat been on your? Has as as this film a film that was ever on your list of like this is a really great film and people don't talk about it enough or was it something that you've had to revisit over the years and go yeah this is okay and if so what like where does where do these relationships does that elevate the film for you or is, where, where do you stand on it Fiona Yeah right
1: um it is funny i i saw it back in cinema release back in
0: 95 or no, oh, 96 yeah, maybe in australia yep. Yeah it Yeah like yep. a
1: February so um in my, I was thinking back at must have been uni holidays or something for me. It was my final year, um, so I pretty much saw everything that, that came out. Um, yes. Probably at the Roxy Parramatta, I think. Oh. I saw it. You know,
0: the building lost. still exists. The building yeah, still exists. Um, 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 yeah. But I think it's a nightclub now in Parramatta. It if is. Remember, if a seedy nightclub. So, yeah. There yeah. you go.
1: <laughs> Just to age myself, they were <laughs> still showing films at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. So and saw it then. I haven't actually seen it since. Um, so you know admired it um, heard it spoken of you know in the anniversary and whatnot but I'd, I've never actually gone back to watch it and being on your show has given me the excuse to go and revisit it so there we go. you know 20 odd years later um, and yeah so like I absolutely see the value and I can see that you know much much copied since um,
0: yeah
1: yeah do love it as one of our Patino's last great <laughs> roles before. Yeah. Me. You know, where so does
0: he take the swan? See, there's so many. There's a lot of conjecture about where they, where they both take the swan dive off their respective mm-hmm. career paths. I think this is one of his very, very best. It's like mm-hmm. maybe one or two after. There's, there's got to not be many more because there was the resurgence with Sea of Love, and then he yeah. sort of does the run up, you know, through Oscar. He does the Insider next. So mm-hmm. the ins- that's that's the, that's a, I th- I would put that up there at all time, Pacino um performances but then there's not too much after that. You're right. You're very right on that. Yeah. I think sure. I think you maybe looked at me like Lillian looked at Donald Breeden when I first told you about the podcast. <laughs> you were just like, <laughs> oh yep yep That sounds yep. You should probably go home. Okay, like just no I'm just no, go no. home. I, no, I, I, I no I'm just kidding. It about,
1: I'm kidding. So I, I my uh, credentials on it. But uh, I I really enjoyed going back to, to watch it and being really conscious of the minutes ticking over and looking at, um, I mean, as it turns out, my time code was a little off. I was, <laughs> I was watching one of those versions that was a tad off. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, still seeing, you know, how much a minute can make a difference. So, no, it's fascinating, this project
0: of yours. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, and there are so many movies, um, and I was just thinking about it, like, on a completely different random tangent. Um, I won't mention the film, but I was watching a terrible Australian sci-fi film. Um <laughs> Just because it probably doesn't need any more flack than it's already gotten, um and in two hours, I was like befuddled at how many times I was desperately reaching to grab my phone, and I had to stop myself very consciously like over and over again, don't grab your phone, just w- try and watch the movie don't watch grab your phone, don't you know go to twitter as 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 a reflex of home viewing occasionally and and then I watched the like the I watched The Incredibles with my daughter mm-hmm. today, and I'm like so so much happens in 40 minutes, like so much tension and drama and action and, you know, so so much shorthand with the different characters working. I'm like, God, Brad Bird and obviously animators can't by virtue of their whole profession. Can't waste a second. Can't waste a minute. But that's what I admire most about this movie. It's like really great films. Don't waste a a single breath. Like, or, or when you, you, or when they do take that big inhale and they feel like they're, Giving you a little bit extra than some of that really phenomenal economy that comes down in a lot of films. You, you you can look into it and go, there's something else, something else going on here. There's some some other part of this that maybe I'm I'm missing. And that yeah, that's what's really really enjoyable about this. And what I think some of the imitators that you talked about, or some of those things that have attempted to copy it, probably less overtly than something like *Den of Thieves*, um, which I'll talk about from the later podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, there's like plenty of imitators that have tried to go out there and they just seem to seem to not get that this whole middle section, a big part of it, which we're talking about talking about that connective tissue between the scenes is so much about like, it's almost like the the emotional backbone of the movie. We're just sort of riding yeah. that before we get into some of the, the next, you know, more climactic action orientated or real yeah. tense, uh, high scenes.
1: No, totally. And, and I think coming back to it 20 odd years later, since I first saw it, you know, I'm older now, obviously. And yeah, like just and I don't think I'd given enough credit to how much the women do have a role in this. You know, like it, yeah. sure, yeah. you know, they are the wives and girlfriends, but there's they're complex and you you know, their concerns do have weight. Um, especially Justine. I think, you know, she get she gets a good,
0: oh, get good
1: insight into her. Yeah.
0: What a yeah. what an amazing actor. What an amazing mm-hmm. actor. She just there are just some of those performers where you just like now now they live in great TV shows like Handmaid's and like you know American mm. horror stories that are on a completely yeah. different genre tangent you know like they, they they end up going and doing these great performances there as opposed to cinema uh, but yeah this is at a time when she was like you know I am just shocked at like how did she not win an Oscar like how did she not win an o- or get a nomination for this movie it's just out of control um that's mm. such a great performance
1: Mm not really is yeah
0: And um but I, in the minutes that we're in um in in the minute now it's does it you know you're you're obviously very familiar with like prestige TV at the moment as well does like does a movie like heat now not even get discussed because uh, as a film because it's got too much opportunity to be broadened into tv is that why it's kind of like it feels like a bit of an outlier um like if you were possibly, looking at the if you're looking at the heat script today and you were one of those folks that was in power to go this is excuse me going to be a tv show or is it going to be a film do you think that you go no that's definitely a tv show that's a limited series or that's a that's an ongoing series
1: well i mean possibly with the focus on the relationships like it does um, you know, you perhaps could see it as an HBO or you know, like a yeah. um, have a bit of a longer run to it because there's so much more than just the straight, the bank heist scenes. Um, you know, like I think it works amazingly well as a movie. Um, but yeah, you, you may, yeah, it could be a, a Showtime or an HBO um, series these days. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't,
0: know. I, I don't. I don't want it to be. I don't. I don't want it to be. I don't think. I don't want it. To- I don't think I would want it to be a movie. Uh, Sorry, I don't think I would want it to be a TV show. I just get the feeling maybe it's because I've been watching too much Netflix with a recent time off, Um, but I'm just like everything feels too flabby. There's like, and and you you may talk more about like say the Handmaid's Tale of something that's made with perfection and economy or something like that. Um, But I just feel like everything gets a bit too flabby when it's, in in the modern era, it's like everything could be shaved by half an hour. And this movie that runs one hundred and seventy minutes, I wouldn't shave a minute. I'd be like, nah, mm. this stays. Don't cut anything. Keep it all. It all serves a a really clear purpose. Even though uh, I I think this corridor, these this now four slash five conversations that happen over and over, um, is now where I think I'm gaining my most appreciation of the entire work of the film. Because like, if I had to ask anyone before I started this project, like what are your favourite moments in the film? It was very rarely like Neil and Edie talking about skiing. <laughs> like um, <laughs> um it was it wasn't that. Um some people talked about Donald Braden a lot. You know, he's kind of like a um uh Dennis Haysbert's character is like the unsung tragic um a real tragic um. character that has a real memorable, a melancholic sort of memorable um touch with a lot of folk. But um but yeah, I think I just continue to appreciate this um and stuff like that like as 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 we go along on on this project
1: yeah Yeah, no he he doesn't have many scenes does he but um you know he certainly he makes an impact in in all of them is it three or four i guess with the driving at the end yeah Yeah, he's like three three
0: scenes yeah four scenes yeah maximum maximum yeah and and even less for his partner who has this scene this is like her pièce de résistance and then there's the the hey bartender can you turn the tv up when yeah. the heist happens and then not looking at the T V yep. anymore, that's just like whew. that that's gonna be a yep. great minute to talk about when we eventually get to um that that amazing one there. Um
1: Yeah, it's a little footnote to this one, isn't
0: it? Yeah, there's lots of yeah. there's lots of great little um you know there's not very many loose ends that happen at the end of heat. One big pronounced one is the, the Chris hairless, you know, um, Charlene, the amazing Ashley Judd gets to sort of give him permission yeah. to walk away. Um, and he has a yeah. good enough fake ID to get away from the the uniform police, um, to sort of make his escape. Mm-hmm. But it's very sad. It's he's all shot up and he doesn't have a family anymore. <laughs> and, and so you yeah. just kind of, and, and, and she's, she's made that happen for him.
1: And the but, sun rises
0: and sets with her, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it does. Look at you—you've only seen the movie eh? twice. <laughs> the sun rises and sets. Sa- yes, indeed, indeed. Um, that's a good. That's a really good line. That's one of the great lines in this movie. There's so many. This is very quotable dialogue. This is very quotable dialogue for obsessives. That's a good one. Um, you know, it, if your girlfriend's never seen Heat as a recommendation, you know. You know, your girlfriend, fiancé, wife, that's a good line to flick her in a text now now and then. About <laughs> her and the kids. Um sun rises and sets with you guys. Um but no yeah, that's
1: who sees yeah. this film and knows that you're quoting that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just tell her to go to the other room for just a quick second <laughs> to get a drink. <laughs> can you, sweetie, can you just grab me a drink just so you don't see all the dialogue I've been quoting for twenty years? Um Yeah, no, it's See, I had a very different experience in my first watch. I'm, I'm very envious that you got to see it at the, the theatre because my first theatrical experience of Heat was only like a couple of months ago. Um, and, yeah, I, right. and I watched it because uh, there was an American Essentials Film Festival and I watched it in a packed audience um, at, at, a, at a Palace Theatre. And it was a really interesting audience to be in. And I wanted to ask you, like, um, what was your audience or do you remember, and, and I wonder you're watching it, um, revisiting it. Do you remember, like... Mm-hmm leaning a Pacino or De Niro way because the audience I was in very recently just ate up Pacino's performance in a theater because it's a, you know, it's a harrowing film as far as like, you know, there's some pretty high order violence. It's very emotional. Like these sequences particularly, we've got some full on emotions and very well articulated, you know, problems of marriage and, you know, adults getting into arguments together like properly. And then, Pacino's really sardonic humour just, like, made everyone just go, oh, like a nice little release every time that he mm-hmm. said something as that Vincent character. Um, was that something that you found along the way or were you very much, like, Team De Niro as a lot of folks are?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was Team De Niro, I think, yeah. And, I mean, that cafe scene, the, the diner scene, we haven't got to that yet, have we? No, no. they really. no. haven't even met yet, have they?
0: no, um, no. Oh, well, they technically have been in the same space. I say, When Pacino is looking down at De Niro as they, as they walk out of what he calls a convention, um, when they walk out of their dinner, they've been in the same area, but not in mm. the same space just yet, no.
1: Yeah, top-down kind of view. Top-down um, view. And this is the end of that night, isn't it? So this is still after the, the dinner, this is, is
0: it? Yes, yes, sequentially, yeah, yeah just after the dinner. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah because the, the, the cops went off to party. Yep, so it's kind of like right. mid-morning um, that evening. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, you yeah, know, I, I, I was Team De Niro. Um, and, and another scene I, I don't think you've got to yet, the, the Hank Azaria scene. Yes.
0: Uh... The great <laughs> ass. That, yeah, that, that Come owl. on, you can do it. If you <laughs> want to do it, Fiona, this is the only podcast you can do this impression on, and it's fine. <laughs> I
1: can't remember the exact wording, but it's about the big ass. The great ass. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the great ass. great ass.
0: Yeah. And you've got your head all the way up in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> one of the great scenes.
1: Yeah?
0: <laughs> one of the great scenes. One of the scenes. <laughs> you didn't like it? You know why I could call it one of the great <laughs> scenes? Is because it wasn't the line in the script. Or there wasn't the reading of the line in the script. It was them... Um, it was Pacino vamping and improvising, Ooh. and especially with the action and the way that he delivers the line, the shock that's on Hank Azaria's face is <laughs> is actually <laughs> genuine. He was genuinely shocked at what Pacino was doing, and so I I think it's one of the great scenes because it's not only do I think it's amazing um, as a as a as a scene for just it's one of those pure cinema things where you get someone's legitimate reaction. It's like the <laughs> The amazing, uh, was it like John Hurt and the whole crew? Oh, sorry, John Hurt when the alien bursts out of his chest and the whole crew in Alien. Mm. Like um, Ridley Scott didn't show them what that looked like, obviously famously. So that like fear um, that everyone gets when it explodes out of his chest is so, you know, that's that's real. And in this moment, mm. you know, I don't think Pacino is quite an alien bursting out of someone's chest, but that great ass line is pretty great. And, and um, the even more amazing one is uh, Michael T. Williamson who stands there. And just like doesn't react like it doesn't corpse, doesn't just completely burst out laughter. He, He just, he does it so beautifully. You know, what's so funny, Fiona, I'll just quickly give a shout out before that scene, before we get into it. Um, Because we are allowed to colour outside the lines on the One Heat Minute podcast, we make up our rules at this point. Um, We did follow a code, but it's quickly sort of diverting every episode, we get a bit more off track. Um, But the lovely Alicia Malone, who's an Australian um, film critic working in LA, working for Filmstruck and Turner Classic Movies, is actually on the show and requested specifically to be part of that minute so right. something to look forward to um, for you guys who are listening. I think it's around the 80th minute. Um, right. Alicia Malone is joining me to discuss that specific minute because she's such a fan of Pacino and the great ass. So um, uh, that line, really good. Well, I look forward to that one. <laughs> so you think, you think he's just hamming it up a little bit too much?
1: Well, I think he, he's not. Um, it's only a couple of films past um of a woman here, isn't it? So I think he's doing a few of the who-ahs. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that scene, didn't love that one. Um, I can understand that was improvised. Um, yeah, no, to go back to your other question, yeah, I was Team De Niro, but, I, you know, I do love the the two sides of the same coin and um, all the lovely film touches of the railway lines and, um, you know, they aren't their are men on their path and, um, you know, I admire them both, they're um, you know Great performances Both here To have them Have them Opposite each other I think Worthy foes
0: Yeah they've been Building up to this I think their whole career You know mm. It's not really An equivalent these days Is yeah. there Can you think not of really. it? really
1: sure? Well if they were Doing it these days They'd cast a lot younger
0: Oh for possibly. sure Yeah so I don't, I don't know If they'd Don't know if they'd let Two sort of guys Who'd been running Yeah it's really Difficult to say You know some some might have said like a brad pitt dicaprio who are like playing Mm -hmm. together maybe i don't know like is that Mm -hmm. an equivalent but there's not really any kind of you know the 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 fan the fan stunt casting in me just wants to say look get john bernthal as young de niro and get oscar Mm -hmm. isaac as a young pacino like and just just throw them at each other like they're the guys if i was recasting it today that i would just be like yep that's it. That's the cast. You get those two, and you've pretty much got the movie. And then you just go out from there. But yeah, there's not really anyone that's working today that's kind of like that—that that pedigree, who mm. who've won Oscars and and done it all sort of thing that you would you'd really think that would go against each other. I can't think at all.
1: Yeah, I, I can't. I'm drawing blanks actually.
0: Because um. like maybe would you say Josh Brolin? Is like a guy that has been doing it for long enough. Has been Oscar nominated for a few things. No, because who who would have won? There's not really anyone their age that's like, that's won. Well, De Niro had won multiple by this stage. Mm -hmm. So they have to be in their 40s. I can't think. I can't think. It's kind of like a yawning gap. There's like, all the people who are 40 are in Marvel movies and you just don't want any of them to be cast in a heat remake if there ever was one or if uh, a heat equivalent to be now. It's just they're sort of, they're all snaffled up by that. But no, I can't think of it either. Yeah. Was, was it an like... event? Was it an event in 96 when, when you're on holidays? Did it, like, did it mean anything? Because I remember, you know, I was young at the time, so I didn't know the gravity of what it was until you kind of figure out later. You're like, oh, these guys are in The Godfather. Or, or both these yeah. guys are like in a huge movie stars that are operating in the same genres who come out of the same school of acting. Like, was it an event at all that you can remember? Like, people were like, oh, cool. Pacino De Niro.
1: Yeah, together at last. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a big deal for sure. Um, and like I say, I was watching pretty much everything that came out. I was, yeah, in holidays, a terrible waitress. And um, yeah, it's always sort of finished my shift. <laughs> was that, was oh, that hold clumsy. on, hold on, hold on. Was that, out, yeah.
0: was that you, that was your own review, was your own Yelp review of yourself just there, just thrown in? <laughs> oh, it was like, I'm a terrible, I was a problem. terrible waitress, clumsy, and then went and watched a film to feel better.
1: Is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sort of with that day's spaghetti bolognese on my, <laughs> my outfit or something. But oh. um, yeah, so I'd, I'd often you know finish a shift and then I, w- I worked in Parramatta, so it was just the Roxy and it was just down the road. So I'd often take myself off to spend my tips on the movies.
0: Wow! Yeah, and <laughs> and 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 that's a good tip. You're like, yeah, that's that was yeah. worth it. That was worth the spaghetti. <laughs> that was that, that was that was totally <laughs> worth the spaghetti. Oh, yeah, man. I should
1: clarify whatever tips I managed to make <laughs> in yes. spite of being
0: a terrible waitress. <laughs> <laughs> they were giving—don't say they were giving you pity tips, Fiona. I don't believe it. <laughs> do not believe it for a second.
1: Go do my dry cleaning.
0: Look, yeah. this is your so, alternative. This is this is an alternative history. You can colour whatever that time in your life in Parramatta as a waitress when you saw heat. <laughs> you can you can change the history here. You can do some fake news and just say, look, now I was a fantastic waitress, got lots of tips, and I went. <laughs> I, I still had plenty of money for those things I should be spending it on, but I still went to a movie. That's great. Yeah, right. That, okay,
1: we'll back it up. Back it up, and I'll <laughs> offer
0: that. I'll cut no, that. No, I'm out.
1: actually thinking. Well, like with Donald's trajectory, he with a terrible boss. Um, you know, he's trying to make it in the um, as a short order cook and, and whatnot. Yeah, I had some pretty terrible bosses in my experience in the hospitality industry. I mean, <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to. Relate here to uh, to the scene to the
0: minute we've got, but um, yeah, Bud, yeah, Bud Court Bud Court is a nasty individual. I don't. I worked true. I worked in hospitality too, and hospitality has that famous thing of people just I don't know they almost like treat you like the produce you're serving in a sort, sort of way, <laughs> and I, I think that that's um, that's so evident here. Mm. And I have to say, like with Lillian, one of the things that I just love about um, Lillian there is kind of like I met the boss yeah and she just doesn't again, it's one of those things of restraint. There's one of the things that you don't say in in the minutes here like at the, la- at the latter part of the minute, we could sort of laugh and chuckle at you know um, that sort of false second date. Mm-hmm. conversation because you're just trying to find anything to talk about other than the fact that you had a one night stand on the first night and maybe we should just go do that again because that was fun um, yeah. The but in that authentic conversation she's like I saw him and she knows she, like everything I love about her character everything's about diffusing. like mm. you know you got Justine in the previous scene who's like forthright as hell and is not wanting to get into an argument but is super clear and then you get Lillian on the flip side I think who Is choosing all the ways to not make this a conflict. Like, not give him an excuse to. To bail. Yeah, like, not give him an excuse to bail, not give him him an excuse to, like, to to fire himself up, you know, Mm. about it. Like, you know, they're in a bar, he's clearly had a few drinks. Like, Mm. let's not make any conflict here. Let's not make a situation where you're going to get angry and cross and then someone's going to have to say you're cut off and then that makes you more angry and cross i just feel like that's a person who's had to diffuse a conversation it's like you know we, i think all of us can relate to having a friend who's maybe had too many drinks at a night out or mm. maybe we've been that person who's had a few too many drinks and uh and you've got a friend who comes over and sort of talks you down like if you're a bit frustrated mm. and They're like yep yeah, okay yep that must have <laughs> i met that person yep Okay, and just everything about it is so perfect for everything that she doesn't say, and I think that yeah. this what's so great in this movie is so many of the performances are about how they're conveying emotion without saying stuff. Um, even though it's quite a lengthy script, you know, if you looked at the shooting script or the working script of Heat, you'd see how much they pulled out, how much wordiness is gone, mm-hmm. um, and how much reliance on a on a on. on people exchanging a look a glance a a, you know an angry Michael Torito Tom Sizemore look at a bar or a diner or a very understanding you know I've just been rained on face of a (laughs) a, you know of Lily and Kim Storm just uh, across the table
1: yeah exactly yeah and and like you said before you know when he he challenges what what the hell she's proud of him for it's don't even give an answer because he'll just try and undermine it. It's just, no, let's just, let's just go home. Yeah. <laughs> there, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you
0: proud of me for? Like that, that, that's such a, even this, the term. what are you proud of me for? Yeah. Like he, he's not going to hear her, even if she did have a really great answer. You're so what? right on that. It's like, he's not going to hear her. Let's go home. Yeah. Let's that's go a home. Better. Let's. <laughs> I love that. That's a better idea. Let's go home. Yeah. That's such a such a better idea. Oh man. Well, look. From understanding, look, talk, you've just had it. You've had a, a glimpse into the life of, you know, Fiona being your editor and talking you off the ledge there, and understanding, <laughs> um, folks, if you're listening, um, guys, the 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 best place um, that you can find Fiona um, is obviously. Um, SBS movies. Um, if you're in Oz and you're frequent SBS, um, that you'll you already know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you're a Handmaid's Tale fan, and you know, God damn it, I hope you are. Um, Fiona has an amazing podcast with a, a cachet of guests um, um, called Eyes on Galeed, um, which is in the top ten in Australian iTunes at the moment and is going gangbusters all over the place. Also the host um, of the Playlist pod and also if you're a Batman 66 fan is on Batman Land. Fiona, thank you firstly so much for being a part of One Eight Minute. Thank you. It's been a
1: thrill. Thanks thank you very much,
0: Clint. Thank you for uh, talking me choosing all the things not to say about how mad this project was when I was (laughs) nagging you about it before which I really appreciate (laughs) it's a little insight behind the magic of One Heat Minute Um, guys thank you for listening you can find us at oneheatminute.com we are on Wooshka the best place to probably find us though um, if you're on iTunes um, is uh, just One Heat Minute um, you'll find it you can subscribe to us there um, and all the other places where podcasts go um, we'll be on spotify very soon um so you can get on it there um but uh, you can jump on there and uh, find us on the itunes or on the google podcast The new fandangle google podcast you can find us there too um, but thank you very much again fiona thank, thank you thank you guys for listening thanks garth franklin for our web design paul davies for our awesome theme and we'll catch you around the corner on another one heat minute